Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boendick people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest this week is Liz Morton. Liz is an event florist and entrepreneur from New Jersey in the USA and a mum of two. Two years ago, Liz and her husband began a floral design business doing weddings and events and floral preservation. Liz credits her love of flowers to her grandmother. She describes herself as multi-passionate and a serial entrepreneur. Liz produces two podcasts, the Making Mummy Moves podcast and the Power Couple podcast with her husband. She has a digital production company called Mama Media and another floral-related business. Liz is also writing her first book and has plans for more. Today we chat about boundary setting, people pleasing, our perennial favourite mum guilt and cultural role modelling. This episode contains discussions around postnatal depression and birth trauma. If today's episode is triggering for you in any way, I encourage you to seek help from those around you, medical professionals or from resources online. I've compiled a list of great international resources, which is listed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The music you'll hear today is used with permission from LM Joe, which is my new age and ambient music trio comprised of myself, my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John. I really hope you enjoy today's chat. Welcome to the podcast, Liz. It's really lovely to, to have you and to meet you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on your show. Oh, no worries at all. Now, whereabouts are you based? I'm in New Jersey, over across the the big old pond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts is that in America? We're on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So right around New York. Pennsylvania tri-state area yeah cool yeah I I can visualize where that is that's good yeah and you're coming into well you call it fall over there don't you we call it autumn here yeah it hit us in the face a couple of weeks ago um <laughs> we have a garden that we grow in all the time and we're like right on the cusp of everything dying mm, yeah that change of seasons always fun we're we're at the other side we're coming into um summer like we're in spring and it's, everything's starting to grow like crazy and all the weeds are coming up because it's raining and a bit of warmth and yeah I feel like I'm just forever picking weeds out of the garden now <laughs> uh-huh it's a good time of year though oh it is yeah I love seeing all my roses have come out now so it's it's good like like this time of year lots of different things don't you but you're you did you am I right in saying you started out as a florist is that right yeah um well I'll give you a little bit of a backstory I wasn't always a florist I started as a medical biller in a chiropractic office for about 10 years of my life and I was like I hate this so I started working with flowers and I became an event florist and now we serve events all throughout New Jersey and the surrounding area uh, bringing weddings to life primarily for couples. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long have you been doing that for? About two years, <laughs> so not yeah, a long right. time. Yeah. But we went, we grew really quickly in that time. Yeah. So do you do you source your flowers or do you grow a lot yourself? We do both. Yeah. Uh, we started primarily growing our own flowers, and then it was a lot <laughs> time management wise. We couldn't 
with everything that we were doing for the events and planning and meetings and everything, we didn't have the time to commit to growing everything ourselves. So we like to say that we work some of our garden grown blooms into their designs, but we actually are sourcing and then like in her bridal bouquet, we'll incorporate some of our own blooms. Mm. Awesome. That'd be really fun. One of my favorite things yeah. about my wedding was, was picking out my flowers. I really enjoyed that part of it. And I, I reckon I spent like, percentage-wise, I spent a pretty high percent on my flowers because it's like I just love them. <laughs> I just wanted them to be, like, really big. <laughs> yes. Oh, so what's um, what are the flowers at the moment over there that are like, – or, or do you buy them, like, from people that grow them all year round? Like, are there stuff that's particularly in season at the moment? Um, right now we're finishing out the season locally. There are a couple growers that have some greenhouses that we're able to get stuff, but right now, like we're getting the end of the dahlias, chrysanthemums, um, and then like anything that is grown in the greenhouse is amazing. Mm -hmm. But we primarily source from other wholesalers that import flowers from, you know, the Ecuador and South America and other places like that, some California stuff. Mm -hmm. So primarily we're integrating uh, the local flowers in with the overseas stuff. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but what made you go into flowers? Have you been, have you always been a gardener or just thought it would be fun to do flowers? I give a lot of the credit to my grandma because she had the most amazing garden and she still does. It's It takes up her entire backyard and it's like on a nice, beautiful creek. So it, it just looks like it's meant to be there. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I blame her for my <laughs> flower bug that I have. Um, but I really, like, I can't say that, like, they were my go-to thing. I loved getting flowers. And then when I wanted to create my own business, I was like, what brings me joy? And I love flowers. So I was like, let's start that. And I just took every workshop and <laughs> every course that I could find on the topic and just dug in. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Good on you. And you say we, I'm guessing that's your your husband and you work together? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, How we're is... we're a good partnership. You go you go all right together. You don't have too many yeah. niggly disagreements or anything. <laughs> He's awesome. also do podcasting and oh, lots of other different things don't you can you share with us what what else do you do that yeah. keeps you busy yeah I'm you could say that I'm multi-passionate I've got a lot of different things that I have going on yeah so I'm in the process of writing my first book I've got a podcast it's called the making mommy move show mm -hmm. I've got um our floral design business where we do events and then we also preserve flowers for our couples and anywhere in the U.S. or that they're able to ship them. We had one come from Mexico um, where we encased their flowers in resin or press designs. We've got another business where it's very, very niche specific. We help other event florists clean up their events. Uh -huh. um, at the end of the wedding, we help them collect all the rental items and any other decor that they have. And then something more recently that I started was a uh, it's called Mama Media. It's a digital like production company where we do like podcast editing and YouTube editing and stuff like that. Mm. There's a lot of different things there. Good on you. And yeah, multi-passionate. That's a great way of describing it. Um, so you just really like like you like doing things. You like being busy and being creative. Like that's that's what drives you. Yes, very much. Yeah. Yeah. People think it's a little crazy, but you know, oh, when you work? have a knack for something and you just, I'm a, I, I say that I'm a quick start personality. So it's like, I get an idea and I have to jump on it. Um, my husband and I were actually just talking about that this morning because it's actually a little overwhelming at times trying to manage it all, especially being a mom and everything else that we have going on as a family. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to be more intentional about the things that we take on and limit the projects so that we're able to actually follow through on them too. Mm, yeah, because that, that overwhelms a big thing, isn't it? And then you get all the different things thrown at you family-wise and children-wise, the things are always jumping up and surprising us. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Additively. Exactly. what is your book about so i'm writing my book about different business processes as a wedding florist mm -hmm. um i'm working with jake kelfer like he's doing a fun um like challenge so every day for 90 days we're working on our book together and it's just an hour a day that i'm dedicating to the process and it's been really enlightening because he just wants you to just do it and get it done Mm -hmm. So I'm following his framework in order to do it because, you know, as moms and business owners, we have very little time mm -hmm. or at least it feels that way. So I'm just trying to break it down into smaller pieces yeah. and it's nonfiction, obviously. And I'm just trying to get the first one done and out and make it mean something and also be helpful to other business owners and mompreneurs. And then I'm gonna move on to my next one yeah right so have you got and uh, you've got your idea for your next one already got a couple of them and it was like difficult for me to choose one so this one is about business ownership and then I have one that I want to like write about with my mom and like our relationship together um I've got a couple different ideas like in the works <laughs> oh that's great so you say you you can you, it's an hour a day do you ever find that you just cannot get the hour in or is that something that you make sure you definitely do every day no matter what i give myself some grace so yeah. especially as a wedding florist like we were just getting out of our peak wedding season there were some weeks that we had four weddings in a weekend that we were trying to get out the door and yeah. service <laughs> and obviously there are priority next to my kids so it's like we're trying to make sure that they're taken care of, that our contracts are fulfilled and mm -hmm. that's taken care of. So I am giving myself some grace if for some reason I am too busy to fit it in. What about your podcast? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it's called the Making Mommy Move Show. And it's primarily a come along with me because we don't have it all figured out, but we want to be able to document the journey as we create our, we have a lot of big goals that we're working towards. So one of them is financial freedom. Another is like fitness and health and just general wellness and happiness. Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to be an inspiration for other moms to live the life that they want to live. Because I know too many of the ones that I grew up around just sacrificed their life mm -hmm. to work the nine to five and for their kids. And it's like, you can have it too. <laughs> like you can mm -hmm. have your cake and eat it too in the sense that you can live the life that you want. So we created it as a come along with me. I share different stories and strategies and tips and just milestones in our life as we're learning different things through business ownership and as a mom and I just want it to be really inspiring and helpful mm. and all the things. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that for? About four months. Yeah. So not right. a long time. Yeah. Oh, and I started great, off yeah. really heavy. Yeah. I started off with a three time a week podcast schedule and we're just now dropping down to once a week because it's mm -hmm. a lot of demand. Yeah. As you know. Yes. Do you, and you record, like you visually record your a lot of things as well for Instagram I've seen so that's another sort of element to it as well yeah we set up the camera and the microphone and I put it on YouTube um the different podcast platforms and then we use it for Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that mm. um trying to make sure that it's more curated for the different platforms um I just today I recorded a whole bunch of videos for YouTube in particular so that it's because you know every platform is specific to their own I want to say like audience and the way that the people interpret the information mm, so yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be more intentional about that too 
Yeah, because that's it, isn't it? It's like the way people consume things on different platforms is is very different. I actually saw it was quite funny. A comedian made a made a, a reel about um, people were coming in for like a it was like an audition, and they were saying they were presenting the way they talk, and they're like, right, you go to YouTube, and the next one coming like, oh, you're for TikTok. Like it was quite funny the way it happened, but they are very different, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, like. I've been watching a lot of different content creators, obviously, and like seeing the way that they put things out into the world and it's like their priorities. So some people prioritize YouTube and some people prioritize their blogs or TikTok mm -hmm. or Instagram. And I'm finding like YouTube is actually like a good place for me. Mm -hmm. So it's like helping me to be more intentional about where I put my time and like my focus. So it's like YouTube is growing the quickest. So it's like, oh, I need to put more of my effort there as opposed to Instagram that's really slow. Mm. So it's like really interesting to think about that too. Yeah. So you've mentioned your kids a couple of times being a mum. Can you share a little bit about your children? Yeah, I've got two little girls. Um, my oldest is two and a half and my youngest is going to be one next week or the week after the seventh. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> so it's been fun with them. Um, I had my second, when I just started my business, we had a wedding due, um, a contract it was supposed to be two days after my due date and I ended up like willing the heck out of that girl coming sooner she came 13 days early <laughs> and it's like such a story to tell because it's like you booked a wedding two days after your due date and it's like I had faith that God was going to let me fulfill the event he wouldn't let me book it if I couldn't do it so yeah. like... oh dude so you had a 13 days early so that means yes. you were up and about and doing this wedding. Oh my gosh. How did that go? Um, <laughs> it worked perfectly. It was really small. So I had like backup plans in place, like just in case I was in the hospital or something, yep. but it worked out well. I'm glad that it wasn't any bigger than it was because, you know, <laughs> postpartum is difficult oh. and fulfilling an event after that was not not exactly fun but it wasn't bad either yeah. um working up to that point was difficult um mm -hmm. I worked until 39 weeks like doing weddings and freelancing with other florists and there was one venue in particular that I was going into and a big old belly in front of me and the chairs are like this close together and I can't squeeze through them and it was it was fun yeah. oh dear <laughs> so it was almost easier having her out than in they're doing things yeah exactly <laughs> trying to carry stuff and they don't want you to carry anything because you're nine months pregnant yeah oh yeah ah there you go um but obviously you've got your support of your husband in the business so you're able to sort of be a bit flexible with things like that <laughs> he's such a tremendous help at everything um lately I've been trying to teach him designing so that he's able to actually jump in if I need him um helping with processing all of our flowers to get them prepped to design, helping deliver. Yeah. Big help in every way. Oh. And like, not just that, but also like with the kids, being able to watch them when I have to go out or helping some other family or friends or babysitters help too. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, you definitely, the support's a massive thing, isn't it? Having people around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes it really tricky if you don't have that, doesn't it? I've, I've spoken to quite a few people on the show that are just, like away from their family for whatever reason and you sort of got to create create your family then I suppose for want of a better word to find yeah. the people yeah so I, yeah I'm really fortunate I still live in the town that I was born in and my sister lives around the corner and my mum lives up the road and it's like I've got them here if I need them it's really really lucky <laughs> you need um, it you really can't do it without the support system that's for sure yeah
in terms of then sort of the juggling that goes on, how do you sort of manage, like your children are, are still quite young, how do you sort of, is, is it a lot of help from others to make it happen or how do you sort of juggle everything? Good question. So during the week, they're in daycare. I can't live without daycare. I say that every day, like thank yeah. goodness for it. Um, and then a lot of late nights. Mm -hmm. So we try to prioritize and maximize our time our family time that we do have. So from five to eight, we have our family time. We do dinner, we do baths, some quality like book time, stuff like that. And then we put them down to bed. And then it's usually like eight to 11 is crunch time for whatever we need to make happen. So whether that's designing for an event or working on a computer or meetings, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's the thing you've actually got to meet with your clients I suppose do you do a lot of that mm -hmm. uh, does that work in the day or do you do meet people of an evening as well usually it's in the evening because most of the people work that we're working with so mm -hmm. they don't typically get out of work or have the time to that they're both home until seven you know somewhere in there so yeah. I do accommodate the late night meetings I prefer when they happen during the day and the girls are at school but yeah I'll make it happen for them yeah oh that's good um so I want to go back to when when you first had had your first daughter. Did you sort of find um did you have sort of an identity shift of how you saw yourself um and how that sort of changed when you became a mum? I had a really bad postpartum depression with my first. Mm -hmm. And I actually want to call it like a disassociation because I was not attached to her going through my first like postpartum experience I had a really traumatic delivery with her mm -hmm. and after I got really fit like in the gym like I prioritized that and I really went through a time that I wasn't connected to her um so I have a different experience with her than I do with my second one mm -hmm. so it's like hard to say like in that sense but mm -hmm. throughout I wouldn't say like the first six months of our life together I became more attached to her and obviously we have a really close relationship now, but as a mom, it was interesting because I felt unattached. Like I still felt like myself. Mm -hmm. So I can't really say I felt like I had gone through this metamorphosal like shift um, and personality change, but with my second and getting pregnant with my second, I really felt it. Mm. So the way that you sort of, I guess I, I had postnatal depression with both my kids, so I can definitely relate to what you're saying. And I guess that's the thing. It does make it hard to sort of talk about that identity because you you feel so different anyway, like because you're experiencing these mm -hmm. the mental health issues. Um, and I guess maybe going to your second daughter, how did you, did you sort of, when you had your second daughter, did did you experience the same sort of postnatal depression or was everything different that time? It was really different the second time. And I kind of associate it more with starting my business. Like I felt fulfilled. Yeah. So it was a different kind of feeling. Like with my first, I was still working as a full-time mom and working full-time. So I didn't feel like I had the same flexibility. I didn't with my second, I was able to snuggle up with her and I was working on my computer and breastfeeding her at the same time. So mm -hmm. I was still able to have like that skin to skin contact and everything up until she went to daycare when she was like five months old. Mm -hmm. Whereas with my first, like immediately from the get go, she was in daycare with my mom, with anybody that could watch her. I was working full time. So I guess I didn't have the same kind of connecting experience with her. And also that affected our relationship and the way that my mental health was and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I've spoken, oh yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Cause it's interesting. I've spoken to some mums who had postnatal depression first or second or both, or like, it's just, there doesn't seem to be any consistency to it. Like when I, I had mine quite bad with my first. So then the doctors were like, sort of put like, I don't want to say they red flagged me, but they had on all my files, you know, watch out for this one sort of thing you know which was good yeah. because when it did happen you know the ball moved really quickly and and all the care that I needed came really quickly but then yeah I've spoken to some people who had it with their first didn't have it with their second or didn't have it with their first had it with their second. like there doesn't seem to be any you know rhyme or reason like it and and I sort of had talked to my I talked to myself 
into the fact like there's seven years between my kids and I thought um you know I'm seven years older I'm more mature I've worked in childcare now I know physically how to look after a child and I kept thinking I'm going to be fine this isn't going to happen you know but then actually happened worse the second time than the first time so it's like so bizarre yeah it really is and it's like I went through so many mental changes just evolving as a person and a business owner and everything that I associate it with that but maybe it could just be a different experience just hormonal wise like you're saying yeah. like seven years older and it, it's hard to say exactly yeah. why it happens the way that it does yeah. oh my gosh it is it is bizarre like it's just the, oh I don't know I wish it didn't happen to any of us but it's just one of those weird things and I feel like I've never quite been the same since I don't know now that I'm getting older my hormones are changing more I don't know. I mean, I still feel like me, but I just feel like I haven't quite gone back to how I was before. I don't know. It's really weird. But You'll anyway. never go back either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've got oh. so many new experiences now, like having been through childbirth twice and mm. the postpartum experience twice and everything in between. Yeah. You'll never go back, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah. It's a strange thing, isn't it? it happens to us. One of the big topics I like to talk about with my mums is this concept of mum guilt. And I put that in air quotes because mm -hmm. I have spoken to mums who didn't even know what it was and had to Google it. And I reckon that's awesome. That's how we should all be. But unfortunately, most of us aren't. What's your sort of take on that whole topic? Oh, I feel guilty about everything that I do. <laughs> I'm guilty if I'm not being productive. I'm guilty if I'm not spending enough time with them. I'm guilty if I am not sleeping enough. I'm guilty if I'm not eating right. I'm guilty if I'm prioritizing the wrong things. I'm just a big ball of guilt in every way, shape, and form. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear like what you have to say about it and how you try to overcome it. Like with me, I just remind myself of what I'm working toward and give myself grace as best as I can. Mm. Yeah, I think that acceptance is a really big thing. And that's what I'm finding. It's interesting, the people that I've spoken to, one in particular comes to mind that that did not even know what it was, which was brilliant. Um, I think it was something to do with, she was basically in this little bubble where she hadn't been around a lot of people with children and wasn't sort of all over social media looking at all things to do with children. And I think that a lot of it comes, what will, and certainly in my experience of people I've spoken to, I'm not saying this is right for everybody, but um, the expectations that we feel from the outside world to behave a certain way or to do a certain thing or to not do a certain thing. And then that pressure that comes on us is what sort of manifests in that guilt because I don't know, there's just so many outside outside forces with all this conflicting information like I actually saw a really funny reel the other day about was like a new mum and she was saying I can't even think what they were but it was things like don't hold your baby too much but make sure you have a lot of skin to skin contact but don't feed them too much but make sure that they get enough food like it was just this constant back and forth and the mum's like what am I supposed to do and um I think you're right that that sort of giving yourself grace and acceptance and in the moment feeling like I'm doing all that I can right now and then trying not to beat yourself up about it later, which is so easier said than done, but it's just a horrible thing. And I wish it, it didn't exist. I wish no one had to, had to go through it. Too. I think you're right about the Instagram and like the social media aspect of it too, because we have this new way to compare ourselves to like what other people look like they're doing as opposed to what we should be doing or mm. comparing what they're what they have going on with their kids because we don't know we only see the highlight reel on instagram so it's like mm -hmm. somebody else 
might look like they're in the gym all the time and spending time with their kids and having the best of everything. They probably have a nanny or somebody living in the house that's able to take care of the kids. Like you're not seeing it all. Yeah, that's so it, isn't it? Yeah. The best you have to just give yourself grace knowing what you're living through in your situation and the way that you're dealing with things with that's all you can do. Mm, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> we can all just do that and not and and the judgment that I was talking to a mum the other day about that mums and women are we're really I don't know if we're really good at or we're really bad at I can't work out the way to say it but we judge each other a lot like we're we're like the number one worst judges of each other it's like we need to not do that to each other it's like if we could just stop that Mm -hmm. yeah but I think a lot of that also might come from guilt too is that you know, if you see someone doing something and you think, oh, bloody hell, and then you think, well, I should be doing that. You know, it's all that that internalised stuff again, isn't it? Or you're judging them because you're not doing it or whatever it is. Mm. I, I'm really bad at that. I'll see something that looks like I should be doing it and I get mad that they're doing it and I'm not. Yeah. Or feeling like I should be further along in my journey and it's like I just started so I can't get mad at it. Uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think you're right about this This Instagram and the socials. It's like people will only show you what they want you to see. They're not going to show you all the, the bad stuff that's happened that day or the how hard it was to get your kid to eat breakfast and then get them in the car to go wherever. Like, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I feel the like the tantrum are, that they're having. Yeah, yeah. It's um, But, yeah, I feel like people like are getting better at sharing things and I'm, I'm trying to change the people that I follow so that the people that resonate with me more not the people that I feel challenged by I suppose if that makes sense yeah surrounding yourself with positive the positive stuff I've been getting better at that too I've been restricting a lot of accounts that so I'm not like unfriending them or unfollowing them but I'm not Mm -hmm. seeing their stuff purposefully because it either makes me mad or makes me feel guilty or something negative that I shouldn't be feeling and it's just preventing me from working the way that I should be Mm. no that's a really good point and actually that that point has come up I reckon in the last two or three podcast chats that I've had that about just you know surrounding yourself with the people that make you feel good (laughs) like yeah like because we do it in life you know in real life we do it you know so why not do it you know in the socials yeah, it's funny because I find that even I have to restrict like some friends and family because like I'll see them and like hold myself to like a new level of criticism or guilt or however I'm interpreting it. And I'm like, I can't be looking at this all the time just because it makes me feel like I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing or it's bad or something. Mm. Yeah, those things that trigger you, it's like, you know, remove them. And that's true, even if it is family you know, or friends, it's, we're still allowed to sort of set the boundaries and say, you know, I don't need to consume this because it's going to affect me in a certain way. I think that's really powerful because I feel like in the past, we sort of have felt like because they're family, um, we've got to accept just everything that they do to us, their behaviours. I feel like people are starting to sort of go, actually, that's not okay. Even though, you know, you're my sister or you're my mom or whatever, um that that doesn't work for me that's a pretty powerful thing isn't it very very powerful and to have the emotional intelligence to say you know what this is a little toxic or a little triggering for me so I'm just going to remove myself from the situation and go from there yeah no that's really good I think yeah I don't know certainly the people I'm following it's like um you know that that emotional intelligence that and feeling like you have permission to do things like I don't know you always sort of feel like is it okay for me to say to such and such that I don't want to do that you know that um that people pleasing sort of you've got to say yes to everything I feel like um yeah people that I follow I do follow a lot of psychologists too actually that's probably where this is going from but you know you are allowed to say that you don't have to please everybody (laughs) it's funny you say that with like the yes to everything because I'm a really bad people pleaser or at least I'm getting better at it um 
And for the holidays all the time, everybody would want us over their house. So we'd be trying to go to four or five different houses in the course of Christmas. Mm. And it's like, that's not enjoyable like to just go from yes. house to house. Yeah, so it's like either have them on different days or like come to us <laughs> because yeah. now we have kids and it's just difficult to go from, you know, breakfast to late breakfast to brunch to lunch to dinner and early dinner and late dinner and snacks and oh, bedtime yeah. is somewhere in the middle yeah that's the thing and you like the age of your girls they're probably still napping it's like how do you even you know fit that in yeah but that's the thing too I think um yeah for years a family like I'm lucky because everyone's in the town and we all just gather at one point but yeah I've heard lots of stories of people over the years because we've got lots of little towns all around our big town like little sort of out in the countryside and people would be going from here to there to there to there similar to your story and I just think god that wouldn't be a very nice day you know it wouldn't be a very enjoyable day um and they'd say things like you know the kids get their presents but then they can't play with them because they've got to rush off to the next place and you think it sort of takes all of that what it's supposed to be about it takes all of that away and you're right why can't you do it on another day like you know make it a boxing or do you have boxing day over there do you call it that um you know mm-hmm. yeah we have like the day after christmas is like a relaxing day you're supposed to we most times there's a cricket match on um it's like this tradition the boxing day test match so everyone like relaxes in front of the telly and watches the cricket and has a drink because it's summer here so it's all very you know laid back so that's the thing why not do oh, it on so the cool. next day like you know why does it have to be this pressure just for this one day yeah well that's like the thing like both my husband and I like both of our parents were divorced so it's like we were having like four just with them and then it was the extended family and Mm -hmm. you know siblings wanting to get together in the morning to open gifts and then do dinner later it's like we're seeing you already like we don't need to do it twice you know yeah Yeah. so if anyone's listening to this if, if this is triggering for you this might be the year to say actually no I want to do it this way or you know have a chat (laughs) we'll be here from this time to that time and you're welcome to stop by (laughs) yeah that's a great way of saying it yeah and it's not it's not like you're saying we don't want to see you like it's not a bad you know it's like just to to shuffle things to make it work and I mean other people are probably feeling the same way too you know so by starting the conversation you might be taking the pressure off someone else to go oh thank god I've been wanting to say this you know Yes, 100%. Oh, that's really cool. I love where that conversation went. Growing up as a kid, did you, I mean, a lot of the mums I speak to we're of the same sort of age roughly I have had a couple of grandmas on and that's been really interesting too but um the way that the way that we were parented has changed a lot I feel like I mean culturally in Australia certainly and I'm sort of guessing similarly in the US um what sort of role modeling did you have for being a mum um and the way that you've decided to parent your children interesting um I Oh, tough question. My mom worked all the time. So I can't really say that she was like super involved. Like when she was really like when we were young, I guess she was a stay at home mom for a while. But when my parents and I were in a rough relationship, so she worked pretty much around the clock. And we were with my grandparents most of the time. Mm -hmm. So essentially, my grandmother raised me. Um, I guess as far as like parenting styles, I have a lot of the same kind of styles that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, Some things have evolved, like we don't force them to eat everything on their plate like I was forced to, because I'm Mm -hmm. like, she's a toddler and she's not hungry, she'll eat when she's hungry. So she snacks and that's the way that she eats. And the pediatrician have told us the same thing, like to just let her, you know, she's gonna go through phases. Um, My mom was a big fast food mom, like I don't do that. Mm-hmm. stuff like that <laughs> yeah I feel like we're sort of listening to our children a bit more like like that example of you know the parents saying you have to eat this and it's like I remember as a kid just shoveling the ends of my tea into my mouth and just feeling 
like sick, just so full of food. Yeah. It's like we've sort of got to the point where we're going, well, actually, I think children are capable of deciding when they're full. You know, obviously you want them to try and, you know, eat more than one bit of toast or whatever, you know, you want them to to try, encourage them. But, you know, I think this, that, that sort of, for me at least, I don't know if it did or it didn't, but it might have been something to do with the relationship that I now have with food that I've got to eat everything, you know, we don't know what, yes. what little seeds are being planted in little people's brains when we're doing these behaviours and we're putting our, our judgment and our behaviours onto them. A hundred percent. On a similar note, like trying to, I've learned that my mom wasn't exactly a like well-rounded eater. She mm -hmm. ate a lot of fast foods, a lot of the same things. So I'm finding like as a mom myself, that my kids eat everything that I eat. So mm -hmm. if I'm showing them that I'm eating broccoli and like home-cooked meals, they're going to want to eat them too. So if I'm not giving them those options, they're not going to eat them. Mm. And they're not encouraged to, because if I'm drinking soda, my daughter wants to drink soda. If I'm eating a nice omelet with turkey bacon, she's going to want to eat that too. So it's just a matter of introducing them to the right things and setting a good example. Mm. I think that's, that's a really good point. Because that's the thing, if they don't see things, they're not, they're not even, you know, gonna, if they're not going to just one day go, oh, I'm just going to eat some broccoli just for no reason. You know, it's, it's yeah. got to be a part of exactly. life. Yeah, exactly. And, and you were talking earlier about like, you know, eating well and fitness, that's something that you're, you guys are conscious of. So that's really great that you're sort of encouraging that right from, you know, the beginning of their lives. Yeah, really trying with the business and everything it's honestly taken a bit of a backburn but we've been recommitting ourselves and it's really important to show them that this is a priority for us and it is for them too mm, absolutely yeah that's so that's so important and i think like um exercise just being a part of life like you can just go for a walk anytime and that you know th that it's i don't know not some big deal that I don't know, just, it's just a normal part of life that it just is what you do, you know, maybe not every day, depending how your day is going, but it's just there all the time, if that makes sense. Yeah, that you don't have to make it a special, like you don't have to get up and go to the gym at 5.30 every morning, like you could squeeze it in with a bike ride or make it fun and yeah. a family activity or different ways to go about yeah. it. Do you feel like it's important to you, and I'm going to say this in air quotes again, to be more than just a mum because we're never just a mum, but, yeah, mm -hmm. is that that's important to you to maintain who you are outside of your mothering role? Very important. Um, I never want to be just anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be myself. <laughs> and I, you know, that I'm really ambitious. I've got a lot of goals. So I can't imagine, like, just being a mom I have to be me and fulfilling and successful and I just have a lot of these deep-rooted things that I need to fulfill myself mm. where do you think that drive comes from is there was there anyone in your life that sort of role modeled that or is that just that's just you <laughs> it's just me it's funny if you ask like my mom or my grandma they'll tell you that I have this number one syndrome that I have to be number one in everything <laughs> and it's funny because as a kid it was true I needed to be first in line I needed to be the top of the attendance roster I needed to be like number one on the honor roll like all of those things mm -hmm. and I guess it still range true but in different ways like it's fueling to want to be and accomplish all of these things so it's like I have a bucket list of stuff that I want to do before I die and set a good example for my kids and be this person mm. yeah can you share some of the other things that are on your bucket list if that's appropriate I haven't asked you this yeah. beforehand sure um well writing a book is obviously on the top of the list I have places that I want to travel I want to have some speaking opportunities. Like I want to get on a TEDx stage or something fun like that. Um, surround myself with some people that I consider like 
I don't know if you have like bucket list people that you want to like have conversations with. Yeah, <laughs> but, I definitely do. Like <laughs> yeah, a couple things. Yeah, people that I keep annoying with emails to come on my podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and I never hear back from them. <laughs> you will. Oh, You've got to keep trying. I know that's the thing. Like this has got this experience doing this sort of stuff has got me really good at just being rejected and not worrying about it anymore like to just go no oh that's fine who's next on my list you know and not getting hung up about stuff it's been a really good teaching experience for me to learn this stuff you know well it's like it boils down to it's always going to be no if you don't ask yes yes you never know like somebody might have an opening in the calendar they might actually be available that weekend they you know whatever the situation is like the reason that they're saying no probably has nothing to do with you you know it's probably yeah. that they have their kids baseball game that they actually are able to attend this weekend so they want to go you know yeah and that's I, I feel like that if you don't ask you don't know and that yeah I've, I've asked some asked some people that have come on that I thought they would never come on but it's like thank god I asked because you know <laughs> it just yeah. yeah yeah it's funny isn't it like and that's the thing too. Like I think we don't, we never know what's going on in other people's lives, like in any in anything, you know. And I think we sometimes can be really quick to judge a person's reaction and put it back onto ourselves, um, where it's probably not about us at all. Like you said, it's um, it's something that in their lives or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like as we know, like all of our lives were bound around ourselves. So it's like if, mm -hmm. I like to think of like Jenna Kutcher a lot. Um, I always hear that she just says no to everything. And it's like, it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's just that she has like three priorities and those are the priorities. So if it's not one of those three things, it's gonna be no. And I feel that way about like, when I'm even asked to, let's say like go over a friend's house or something, if it's, if I'm not feeling up to it, if my kids are not feeling good, like whatever it is, it's like, it's gonna be no if it doesn't fuel any of those things. Mm. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. Like, again, this boundary setting, looking after ourselves, not just saying yes mm -hmm. because we feel, we'll feel bad if we say no. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you feel guilty or resentful for saying yes if you mm -hmm. didn't say no. And that's almost worse is, like, saying yes and not meaning it or wishing that you said no or being mad that somebody isn't giving you something because you said yes because you said yes, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much in there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I have a good example to go along with that. Yeah. One of my girlfriends is getting married and I told her that I would do her wedding flowers and I wish that I didn't say it and I'm feeling resentful now because it's like I would rather not <laughs> commit the time and my own finances to do it. Mm. And it's like a really generous gift. And I was like, is this really like, why did I say yes? And I'm going back and forth with it. And it's like, I need to just commit myself and I am going to commit myself because I agreed to it but mm. that's like a really good example of something that you should think through before you say yes and try not to be resentful of the fact that you did because mm. that's the thing isn't it? like <laughs> things can seem really good at the time and then when you think about it and you go oh like I've done that with singing gigs and I've said yes to things because I thought oh yeah that'll be fun and then I've thought, oh, yes. but I have to rehearse and I have to learn these songs. And I, like, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking of the gig. I'm thinking, oh, that'll be awesome. But then I step back and go, oh, crap, all this stuff that needs to happen to do that. And I think, oh, like, it's not damn. just the thing. It's yes. everything else to go with it. Yeah. So it's like my friend's wedding is like Thanksgiving weekend. It's oh. so it's going to be a pain in the neck to get flowers in for it. It's going to yeah. be I have another wedding the next day. So it's like I'm going to be adding more work to my load. And it's like all of these other things that make it mm. a lot more difficult than just doing the thing. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I yeah. hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten, I think, I don't know if this is a bad thing to say, but the COVID, everything that happened with COVID actually gave me a time to think about like saying no more. Like I really enjoyed not rushing out because everything got cancelled, all the gigs got cancelled, um, which to start with was, you know, quite bad. And then I sort of went, actually, I'm enjoying not going out all the time now and I'm glad the pressure's off because now I don't have to do this. And I know that obviously I'm not, dismissing COVID at all like it's very bad a lot of people have, have suffered because of it and economies and everything but 
one good thing came out of it is it made me start saying no to things because I remembered how good it felt not doing things. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. And I agree wholeheartedly with that conversation because yes, COVID was awful for many people, but there were so many good things that also came out of it. Like my business, like as a floral designer took off because of COVID because all of the other floors were booked and there were so many delays so that I was able to actually do 50 weddings last year. And it was my first year of business. Wow. So it's like, that shouldn't have been possible, yeah. but it was because of COVID. And like you said, like enjoying the actual time that you had to yourself because of it. Mm. We had that same kind of situation like in 2020 that we were able to just enjoy ourselves and our little family I actually enjoyed being not having visitors in the hospital when I gave birth because I had two COVID babies so it was like I enjoyed being able to actually just be the three of us and not worry about everyone and their brother coming in while I'm breastfeeding and mm. stuff like that yeah I think there was some good stuff yeah that's a really good point isn't it because I think that can that's another whole issue about people not having boundaries when people have babies that it's like mm -hmm. you just assume oh you've had a baby great we'll go see them and you know a lot of people are now saying we'll let you know you know even waiting till they get home and even you know settling in waiting till breastfeeding is, is established or you know any challenges they've got and even um like over here not so much now but a few years ago there was a big thing with whooping cough so people were saying mm -hmm. until you're vaccinated we don't want you to come to see the baby so yeah, and I think people just getting more respectful of, of other people's, you know, wishes just because it's all, always been done a certain way doesn't mean that that's, you know, how we should keep doing things. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, having the boundaries mm. and not holding it to, like, the expectation that have, things have to go. You can make it, you can make those decisions and say that this is the new way of doing things and mm. I actually like it better having the babies like during COVID and saying no, or at least like in the postpartum experience, I can't imagine, like, this is something that I had established as a boundary. It's like, if you want to come over, you have to bring dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> that is awesome. People are like, can I come over and visit? It's like, yeah, what are you bringing for dinner? <laughs> it's like, are you going to come over and do some laundry for me? Because I don't want to entertain you. <laughs> yes. That, that is awesome. Like literally, what are you bringing with you? What are you going to do while you're here? You're just going to sit on your ass yeah. and, and hold my baby while I sit there and think of all these things I've got to do. Or I could be asleep right now. You know, yes, that, is, that exactly. is awesome. I love that. So we have a digital production company that we just started um, and I, it came to be because of all of the stuff that I've been doing with the YouTube and the podcast and all the social media management and all of that stuff because I had to put together a team to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have one too with editing and whatnot. So it's <laughs> no, like, <I> don't. <laughs> you don't? Oh my goodness, it's a game changer. Uh, dude, I've got time though, you know, it's, this is, yeah, I've got time. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> Well, I did not time, so I was like, I cannot be sitting here on my computer doing all this. So I hired a team to help me do it. Mm -hmm. And I realized, I'm like, this is a need that I can fill, and I need to at least monetize what I'm doing. Because at this point, I was just shelling money out, trying to get everything edited and mm -hmm. monitor my podcast and just everything, the social media. So I was like, let me share my team with people so that's where that came yeah. to be yep um so primarily we help people with podcast editing and production youtube editing and the seo that goes with it like the keywords and the titles and the thumbnails and the backlinks and all of those fun things mm -hmm. that i didn't even know was a thing until i started doing it yeah um and social media management stuff like that. yeah right so um where can people find 
find you online with that if people want if people are interested in that so it's mama media m-a-m-a-m-e-d-i-a dot org and that's where you can find us for those services cool i'll put a link to that in the show notes if anyone wants to check that out um yeah it's interesting like when you, you say <laughs> like i i I do it myself because i can and because i i really i had all the equipment here from my singing so i didn't have to purchase anything and got my mixer i've got you know my mic and everything and i can do all my editing myself and i actually really love doing it like that's part one of the parts that i actually i really look forward to doing because i love fiddling around and doing things and you know that's just my thing um but there'd be a lot of people that don't love that and don't have the time and don't have the equipment to do it so i think that's a really good service and good on you for for like being able to like you've got that team you can share it with other people it's already there and you can go yeah. right oh you can do this for other people now yeah and like i said like it came like i was just shelling money out the door and i'm like i can't keep doing this like i need to be able to bring something in here so i was like how can i monetize this and i was like oh duh like you've got the perfect little formula right here like just put it out there yeah so good and i love the name too that's a really cool name thank you like to share with everybody that listens that you can do whatever you want in this life and you don't have to be defined because you're a mom or by that title you can seriously have your cake and eat it too and what I mean by that is you can create the businesses that you want you can create the financial freedom the financial security that you want you can do the hobbies that bring you joy you can create anything that you want in this life so don't let being a mom define you by that I grew up with so many people that did and they are not happy like at the end of the day. Mm. And it just is a shame because they're meant for more than that. Mm. Yeah. That's a really, really well said. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? We just because we have a child doesn't mean that our whole rest of our life has to stop existing. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's a trend going around right now. That's mom before she was mom. And it's like, all the photos of her having fun and then like as a mom it's just she's holding the kids and putting them down for bed and it's like you can do all those fun things with them Mm. like it doesn't have to be an end to your life yeah that's it isn't it it doesn't stop and I think that's the thing like our my parents generation that it was very much it was very much us and them like obviously we're a cohesive family but you know, parents would do so much stuff without the kids. Whereas now I feel like we're involving our kids in so much more other parts of our lives that I wasn't involved in with my parents. So Mm -hmm. that's a really good change, I think. Yeah, I think it's really positive and important and impactful for them too, to be part of it. You know, if I were watching my mom, like do the things that she wanted to do, I think you'd one, like have like a newfound respect for them because you're seeing them doing what they love and happy and joyful and it's also like setting an example for you that you can do it too Mm, absolutely yeah oh it's great that's a lovely note to end on thank you it's been such a joy chatting with you thank you so much for giving me your time today it's it's night time over there isn't it what time is it there yes it's almost eight (laughs) o'clock oh there you go it's quarter past 10 in the morning over here so it's been a lovely start to my day thank you and uh, all the best with everything and I'm sure you're going to keep keep ticking things off that bucket list and keep achieving things because you yeah very motivated very driven and it's it's lovely to chat with you thank you Allison it's been so fun I hope that everybody enjoyed our chat too um if anybody wants to come over and listen to more that we've got going on come to the making mommy move show I'd love to have Allison on um (laughs) and you can find me on Instagram at list.morton Awesome. And yes, I'll put all the links so everyone can just click away and find you and that would be awesome. Thank you again. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.
Helen Thompson is a childcare educator and baby massage instructor, and she knows being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. Join Helen each week in the First Time Mums Chat podcast, where she'll help ease your transition into parenthood. Helen aims to offer supported, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months of age. Helen's goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. Check out First Time Mums Chat at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast. <laughs>